0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. Wherever you are today, if you're starting with nothing or are well on your way to the success you desire with the right people, processes, and promotions in place, you will be unstoppable. And now, I'd like to introduce your host, Mike Stromso. Greetings, everybody. This is Mike Stromso, and welcome to the next episode of the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. I'm coming to you live from the Living Agency Laboratory. I am pumped, and I am excited today to have in the house a good friend and entrepreneur uh, extraordinaire, Elena (laughs) Fulvio, founder of Pendulum. Elena, good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning. I am amazing. I feel incredible. So excited to be here with you, to share, to learn, to just interact. So I'm ready to go. I'm excited.
0: You are incredible. And uh, that's one of the many, many, many reasons why I am uh, excited to have you on the podcast. It took us quite some time to get you here. Uh, you're currently finishing up the uh, profit uh, leadership summit yes. with uh, is have been an amazing, incredible event. Thank you for all of your investment of time of energy of uh, your uh, vision and putting yeah. that together and what an honor and privilege it was to participate and it's changed so many lives. Thank you for doing that virtual high five to you. Whoops. Let me get you the virtual you high do. five. there. there you go. You so, as well. let, let me share with you everybody a little bit about Elena. She's a third time world 13 time world record-holding athlete in skydiving with over 3,500 jumps. Uh, I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about that (laughs) offline because uh, I haven't accomplished my first yet, but I need to get that done, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Silicon Mm -hmm. Valley founder and CEO, a writer, female solo traveler, humanitarian, super connector, sentiment being advocate and global volunteer. In 2014, Elena quit her 13-year corporate Silicon Valley career as lead in-house recruiter and talent acquisition advisor for companies like LinkedIn, GoPro. And after taking them public, found her own company, Pendulum. Uh, She saw where companies were um, getting hiring wrong. And uh, in our world, uh, it's about the three P's. People, processes, and promotion in that order. And 80% of the emergency calls we get in our coaching programs are about the first P. Right there behind me, yep. I my uh, finger's straight on, on the back <laughs> wall there, but yeah. um, the first P is a constant problem, but you've got it right, and that's another reason that I am excited and pumped to have you on the podcast today, and, and you created solutions to help people eliminate this yep. costly blind spot. You're a people-first business thought leader who's cracked the code on how to get hiring, retention, culture, employee performance, and profit right. Love that. Love that. Yep. Earlier uh, than ever in history, Uh, you've been disrupting the global startup uh, and small to medium sized market by eliminating the biggest business profit blind spot with your innovative plug and play solutions, offering the market uh, what it never had access before. Thank you for bringing that to the market. Yeah. We all need it so My much. Uh, your are personally innovated top business strategies and solutions. So businesses get hiring right in any industry yeah. and is known for building we cultures, not a me culture, a we culture. I love that too. Yeah. High performing cultures and retained and profit driving employees with the least Spent and time with the highest ROI return on investment, and that's ultimately what it's all about. Yeah, what it's all about <laughs> fantastic! Everyone, and a seer. Mm-hmm. And uh, vision is the art of seeing things that other people can't see. Another yeah. great thing I love about you, and you see things far deeper and faster than most in the world, making you a priceless business partner. You deliver yeah. a differentiating partnership, giving your clients the upper hand. And accelerating their growth and profitability. Elena Fulvio, again, welcome thank to the you. podcast. We're uber pumped and excited to have you today. So excited so, to be here. Uh, just so everybody who's uh, listening in or watching this uh, gets to know you a little bit more, share with everybody who you are uh, and whatever you want to share. Yeah. So first, thank you for that
1: introduction. Thank you so much for for sharing my truth, for, for sharing who I am. I, whenever I hear that, I just, I get more excited. Uh, I get even more excited to become a part of what's happening in the world and the evolvement of the world. So uh, this all started when I was really, really young. Um, I actually always was an entrepreneur. I would walk house to house, you know, gathering cans and whatnot, because I needed to buy something. So I just took my little, um, you know, bucket around and, and I would, gather cans and go cash them in for money. And I thought, well, why not? I mean, if, if, there's, a, if there's a need, those things are gonna be thrown away, why not create a solution for how to create it so that it doesn't hurt the earth and I make money? So at the raw age of about four or five, I started already innovating solutions for the betterment of the whole, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I you know, sort of grew up, I went to college, I went to Santa Barbara, uh, I majored in sociology, I minored in black studies. Um, and black studies actually, people wondered why black studies, uh, because actually I was very, very, very confused with separatism. I, I, I never understood uh, why a, com- a color or what. So I just wanted to learn about that. I wanted to learn, and sociology was very much about how do how do groups of people function, and when they don't function well, you know. Just I wanted to learn the 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 the, work, the inner workings of that. Um, and then I launched myself out into the world and um, moved to Italy because I moved everything to Italy without a job or without uh, a home, actually, because I thought, well, I'm 24 and um, I have some money in my pocket and I'll just make it happen. So wow. uh, I got my citizenship, moved to Italy. Uh, had an incredible experience there and um, ended up moving back in 2001 and skydiving and back into the Silicon Valley where I took my whole career, went off, um, and I've had some other major happenings and ups and downs throughout period. But, um, you know, uh, what you read in the beginning is truly true. I have this, I, f- I have this really crazy, I mean, a lot of people have all these different areas of their life that they love. And I straddle this fence of, I'm, I'm in the corporate world, but I'm this human-centric people first, like you are, people is first for you. And right. it's the same with me, and I've always been called Crazy, actually, um, in the world of of corporate, because what, right? Yeah, is, you're not alone. Yeah, and it's it's nuts because we can't do it without each other. And so, so more just ending about me, and we can move on to the questions because you always have great questions. I love, I love, always love your insights and your thought process, where we drive so well. Um, is really, I popped out on the other side um, of having worked intensely in, you know, the war games of growing Silicon Valley. You know, I was an in-house actual employee of LinkedIn. I grew their teams. Um, I had to recruit against Google and et cetera. And I I saw the breakdown. And so that's why I quit my job in 2014, bought my RV, rode around the U.S. for a year, month, and two days uh, by myself all over the U.S. It was no plan. I woke up every morning and I said, where do I get to go now? Met the most amazing people and, um, and then I came back and I said, I need to be my truth. I, need, I know what I know in, in what the world needs with business. And first and foremost, it's about people. So it's a little bit about me. So uh, yeah, you could say I'm about people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just a little bit and uh, getting to know you more and, and how you have a heart for people first and, yeah. and helping people first and, and more importantly, putting them in the right seat. Yep. And, and that's such a critical part of the whole equation. Uh, so yeah. let, let's talk about Google or, excuse me, LinkedIn for just a minute. Uh, yeah. You're ba- still based uh, right now out of Northern California, out of the mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, correct?
1: Yep. I can see it. I have a window and I can see all of Silicon Valley right here. Yes.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, before we uh, jump into the story, how Pendulum became reality and yeah. uh, an explosive global growth company now. Um, Let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn because LinkedIn has become a significant uh, platform, if you will, Uh, not only for, you know, uh, conversations about business for business leaders, et cetera, et cetera, but also for recruiting and so forth and so on. So think back to the times when you were at LinkedIn. What's your biggest takeaway from an identification standpoint, either positive or negative uh, about your time at LinkedIn?
1: You mean in identification with myself?
0: Well, no about the business atmosphere concerning people ah well, and, and it, yeah. as it contributes to be a a thought leader and a strategy leader on on making sure that people have the right people within their organization
1: right. One of the biggest, uh, and I will give kudos to LinkedIn, LinkedIn did two things while I was there, which were massive in the workplace. One, um, they did something in engineering that most companies won't do. That there's this thing called legacy code, and a lot of companies will build on, on top of this legacy code that um, they'll try to innovate on top of it. And actually, Kevin Scott, who I highly admire, he's now the, the CTO at Microsoft. He was the CTO at um, LinkedIn. He stopped production so that we could take care of the legacy code and then so we could build on top of a strong foundation. And that took more than guts. Uh, And so that one, and then they also did it within the recruiting department, right? HR and recruitment said, okay, they looked at Google as well. And Google has this machine about how they recruit, how they hire, um, how they intake their people, how they and Google from a very um, early stage created their culture, which is one of the factors that they win so big still is because they, they created and defined their culture early and therefore they knew who they wanted to hire and who was going to work, right? And how they could provide people with their lives. So LinkedIn took a moment and actually we looked at the Google process and we didn't completely stop production, but we stopped recruiting production And we looked out there and we went, hmm, how are we serving um, our staff? Because you have, people think that recruitment is all about recruiters. And actually, we're about this much when it comes to, I mean, I'm really good at what I do, but I'm about this much when it comes to the hiring process. It's everybody else, like yourself, like your team, the people that are interviewing, right? And I've never heard of anyone wanting to quit their job and do my job when they love their job more, like an engineer, would you quit your job to do mark hiring? No way. Like they want to be an engineer, but everyone is required to be um, a good hire and a good team member. So they stopped production, and what it was was, is they looked at it and they said, "How do we have an efficient process that can intake humans, humanize it, and understand how to create it efficiently so that it minimizes minimize times minimize cost." and it also has the human factor where we understand if we can provide them with the lives as they want that's how i say it now but it was my biggest takeaway of you don't put people through a grinder and you don't say me only me it's only about me where where hiring comes from about the company it's not what can you do for me candidate so the biggest thing for me was was one that they they took the time to look at how to optimize these two big, huge parts of their business and allowed themselves to say, hey, we're not getting it completely right, the humbleness of leadership, and looked at the best practices and invested in those best practices to ensure that they could um, accelerate quicker and better, which is why LinkedIn works so well. I mean, it could have gone downhill, totally.
0: So, so what what were some of those best practices? I mean, when we think about recruiting, because every business entrepreneur out there that has a team has to be involved in recruiting. And mm-hmm. in the UPP world, we say you've always got to be recruiting because you never know when that next need is going to happen. Yep. It could happen tomorrow. I mean, somebody we had uh, somebody on our own insurance agency team get involved in a car accident last year mm-hmm. and is still out. Oh so, wow! At the end of the day, we always have to be recruiting. So. Yeah. What are some of the things that people need to be doing? I mean, and then you mentioned culture. So we yeah. want to recruit for culture yep. and we want to make sure that we match, um, the people that are out there that might be looking or may not be looking right. Yeah. Oh, oh, you always want those. best Cause we're not looking to hire the best available, right? We're looking to hire the best, yep. which is yeah. a difference. So what are some of the things that people need to be thinking about as they're creating their uh, messaging going out in the world for recruiting purposes and so forth to find the best and to get the best people in those seats.
1: Right. So you mentioned, you know, what, like the messaging going out, I would actually turn it inward and say, what, what system, what hiring system have you created inside of your company? Right. So some of those aspects, right. So because usually we look outward and we think, oh, give me resumes, right? We want resumes. We need to be looking for the right people. Well, right. if you bring an A player, and I'll just say this, you find that A player and, you know, he's willing to talk to you <laughs> like, like this great, okay, we got to get ready. He's coming on in or she's coming in, this A player. And let's say the A player comes in and their experience of your internal hiring system, as I call it, the operating system, like the inner, inner workings of a computer. Has an operating system right? right right every piece must be in flow for it to work or as we've seen technology doesn't work right. so there's what i've in- invented called the hiring operating system so this a player comes in you have a disjunct hiring operating system where maybe they're not greeted at the door maybe they're left in the room maybe no one ever gets back to them which happens all the time wow. maybe, oh that is rampant across, across companies. If they don't, if not interested, they'll just, they won't reply to you, which is terrible for your brand. (laughs) Don't be that company. And then um, really it's so essentially what people need to get ready with. And some of those aspects are number one, before you do anything, ensure that leadership is aligned in their own culture. And if they are truly invested in why they're hiring and how they're going to hire is it people first is it money first how do they because the leadership can i've worked with organizations where i've i've had one that said i want money i don't care about the person which is crazy and then i have the other one that said no this is people first well it's a leadership that creates what happens underneath that so you have to get the leadership on board so leadership if you're a leader of an organization or you're let's say in an organization and you're a hiring manager, you're part of the the hiring solution, get clear with your superiors, get clear with whoever is running the organization and say, why are we hiring? You know, what are we gonna do about it? And what is our strategy? And usually strategy is pretty difficult because unless you're the expert in it, it's hard to know all of the intricate pieces. One aspect I would say is, what is our culture? Do not get resumes until you define your culture. Don't get resumes. Don't interview. Don't talk to that A player. Don't do it because if you don't know, it's, it's like dating. If you go out there and you're like, I don't know, I'm, this is just kind of who I am. And I don't know, I'm not quite sure you're going to get not quite sure people. Um, you know, and if you are considering hiring and you know, your culture is, you know, open door policy or whatever it might be, you know, you're, uh, innovative and you allow for growth and whatever it might be, but you have someone that comes in that you like their skills, but they're not aligned with your culture. It doesn't, it's going to be. a break So something you can do and define your culture. Don't do it on your own. If you're not an expert at doing it, find someone to help you because um, it's, it's a thing, but it doesn't have to take long. Um, I do it with my clients for um, an hour and a half, two hours and then we get the baseline, right? The next aspect is, is select your team wisely. Who do you want to interview, and imagine that who doesn't even wanna be there. That's your brand, right? That's your brand. So I would say, choose your team wisely, who you want to be interviewing, and the other aspect is is that not one of the team that you're asking to interview is a hiring expert or an interview expert. Get them trained, right? Train them on how to interview. Train them on how to be a team, right? So, your to your point is people process promotions, mine, thanks to you as well, is people perform. Amazing. So, so yeah, so as I was mentioning, the the first aspect is is leadership um, is really the alignment. Then the second aspect is is define your culture. Is ensure that you do that. Um, I do consult and coach on that, and can I can have that because um, you won't want to do anything you won't hire or do recruiting or get resumes without having that because your culture will define will be defined for you if you don't define it yourself. So I do do that as well. Um, the next step is then who are your teams, right? Who, who do you want to be your, as I call them brand ambassadors, right? Your brand ambassadors are people who, when you interview, let's say this A player comes in, who do you want them to be interviewing with, Who, right? Because if you don't define your culture, these three people, four people are assuming, which is what humans do all the time. They assume, they know what everyone else is thinking. And the l- other l- l- Let me ask is, you to
0: pause for just a minute. Mm-hmm. Who assumes? All humans. Got it. <laughs> Every okay. human. So
1: I'll <laughs> clear on
0: that. that that's a very critical point.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, assumption is the killer of most relationships, um, of a lot of business um, profitability and accomplishment as well. Because starting at the top, The top can assume that the other one gets what the other one gets. And clients in the world within business, it's a profit loss. There's an assumption from the top that culture is defined and it's not defined by writing it on paper and assuming that everyone knows. It's actually sitting down face to face or on the computer and speaking it out to everybody. Right. So that's what I, I facilitate that as well. I'm not, I don't teach. I'm a facilitator. So I facilitate, this might sound funny, but there are, are, it's like a spine. There are places that you're out and like breakdowns, right? I see your breakdowns. I do an assessment. I see your breakdowns. I see where you're strong. I come in and I facilitate you into your breakdowns and I facilitate you to create your own breakthroughs so that I, you don't have to have me forever. I can be your advisor, but that you have a solid hiring operating system within your organization um, that is founded by your own work because, for me, if someone said read this book and then go do it, I'm more of an experimenter. So that's what I do with my clients for sure. Um, that's just my way.
0: Yeah. So, so another key point that I just heard you say: there is no breakthrough until we have a breakdown. 100%. So you got to break it down before you can have that big breakthrough. Yep. So you help people define what the culture can be if they don't know what it is yet. Or if they do think they have a culture or they've done some work on their culture, but it's not quite right. Right. Yeah. That great synchronicity because that's what we all want as far as operating teams are concerned is that great synchronicity and you help people with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, you know, thinking back to some of the best teams that you've ever been involved with, whether it be LinkedIn Mm -hmm. or you're competing against Google or all the people that you work with, What are some of the one or two key, uh, you know, points of the best of the best cultures? I mean, characteristics, I mean, what do the cultures look like? The Mm. best of the best Mm. and how that created, is it, is it just all about the, the synchronicity of the people?
1: So one leadership, I will go back to uh, leadership is, is your number one. Um, I've been in some of the worst cultures because the leadership was one of the worst cultures because he didn't care about his, his, his company. He didn't care about, which is why we had 40% turnover year after year after year in a three, four hundred person company. Wow. It never changed. Yeah. So, uh, the, some of the greatest cultures I will say is one, and I'm an advocate for this and I also train and teach on this is, and this is, should be within your hiring system this should be in your strategy is the greatest cultures look, the leadership looks and says, how can we support our people? Now, I always say people are our company's number one asset. It is hands down. I don't care what great product you have. Ask anybody, ask Google, ask Facebook, ask whatever. If everyone walks out that day, it's not a great product. Cause it has to be all run by people. So sure. The people are the most important aspect. So the greatest leadership that I've seen, like LinkedIn, when they stopped that and they said, our people are our greatest asset. And they, it was a few hundred and you know people until they actually sat down and clarified culture. So I'll say this, people say, oh, it's too early. I'm at one or two people. Mm-mm, that's actually the best time. I don't care if you're 50,000 people, if you haven't done it, do it. Um, and you'll see some people fall off. But the greatest cultures that I see Are ones that are intentional they are intentional about doing things one uh, leadership is intentional about how they lead what strategies they put in place how they treat their people Um, vulnerability in regard to wow maybe we're not getting that so right maybe we need to bring in an expert and or a thought leader or a partner or a coach to really get that right because one aspect that What's not positive at one company was that a few of those leaders thought that they could do it all themselves. Right. And there's no possible way you have to. That's why there's so many humans in the world. We can't all know everything. There's always too much to know. Right. So they really defined their culture. They got vulnerable. And the one thing that I will say is this, people can think that the leadership can think, Oh, I've defined my culture, but then they have no communication strategy. That's also something uh-huh. that I, that I yeah. keep and I align, teams in right because i can say here and i'll throw a piece of paper of you hey mike go read that and you're left to assume what all those words mean right it's actually getting people into a room the greatest cultures say we as leadership and this is actually what is happening now in the greatest of companies we, this is how we've created it leadership employees what do you think because the greatest leaders know They they won't have anyone to lead if everyone walks out, if no one believes in them. So therefore, to create the collective whole, to say, this is how we've defined it. We've defined it. What about you? Is having an open-minded and open conversation and a communication strategy that truly allows for inclusiveness, because there's some people that might want to work in the corner and be quieter, and some people are more extroverted. That's fine. But I guarantee you, every human being wants to be supported in whatever is there I call driver whatever their personal motivation is. So I, I'd say they, they they are very intentional. They're willing to invest in the areas that they're not experts in to create the correct strategies that, like we talked about earlier, um, you know, blind spots, let them come up, bring them up, yeah. um, create the efficiencies, make your people number one, because they are your number one, the fact, that's it. it. They are your number one. And when you don't know something, it's okay. Right. Just be a good leader, a great leader and lead with, Hey, I don't know, but I'm going to go find that out for us. And I'm going to make us a strong organization.
0: Well, I heard you say vulnerability. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be real. Yeah. I mean, people want to connect with and lead under real people. Is that accurate? Yeah. hundred yeah, well, percent. So I, I've heard you say leadership more time more times than i can count so far in just the time that we've been chatting but uh if we think about leadership when we think about connecting with teams we think about connecting teams with leadership how often should that happen in the best of the best organizations i mean weekly or what does that look like
1: well i i would say that you know and and people talk about oh meetings you know you can have a meeting for a meeting for another meeting and and you don't need all those meetings you don't have to connect that much one i think there is again there's There's the umbrella, the umbrella connection, the communication and connection strategy, right? Is what's going to work for our organization? Are we going to say, okay, we'll use something like Slack as an internal, uh, internal communication? What is that for? Like literally, I was at a company one one time, and there were people like sitting right here, and I walked in with the CTO, and as I'm a seer, I got I got what was going on, and I said, what's happening right here? And he said, they're fighting. Uh, there was no noise in the entire building there were, no one was talking and i said they're fighting and he and they're right here and he goes yeah they're fighting i said right now he goes yes and he's a cto and i said are they slack are you joking they're slack fighting right now and you're okay with that and he goes um i didn't think about it that way i said mm, how detrimental to have two people texting each other on slack having an argument versus coming face to face and having and if you've aligned if you've created your they had not created their culture. They had not created their culture and they had not created a communication communication strategy. So I asked him, I said, I knew already knew the answer. I said, so how do you communicate primarily with your people? Slack. And I said, so you're an advocate, what you do is what they do. So you have a team that's fighting, communicating your communication strategy is silence and through text. So that's what I'm saying in terms of of being intentional as a leader in regards to that, that teamwork. Teamwork, the leadership is what sets the tone. Being intentional about the communication strategy that you've authentically communicated it out to. How are we gonna communicate when there's an issue? How are we gonna communicate when you know, a fire breaks out and we have gotta go figure something out? This is what we're gonna do. Like in skydiving, right. it's the exact same thing, right? They, my best instructors always told me you visualize what could happen up there? You visualize the breakdown. You, you visualize the malfunction that can happen because the moment it happens, you can't keep screaming towards the ground and be and thinking, Oh, huh. I should have thought about that. Actually, wow. it saved my life three times. I had three malfunctions. And in that moment, I, 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 Oh yeah. Three. Yeah. Got rid of my main and I, and I under my reserve and one was, one was a total and I couldn't feel anything out. And I looked down at the ground and went, Huh? Thank God, I I chose I chose on the ground, boop, 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 and I did it. Everything worked, and it's the same thing with leadership and creating teams. Is and it can always change and shift, right? You don't know, always have to create it so yeah. so structured, but creating the teams and teamwork that's going to work, you have to be vulnerable, authentic. Create the communication strategy that they can work and live by, and understand that you don't want to leave things to assumption. You know, you, you just don't. It's like in hiring, people leave it assumptions. <laughs> Sorry if I'm laughing, but the world leaves it assumption that like, it's the biggest blind spot, I think, because people assume that other people know how to hire other people. And actually, it's probably the hardest thing because humans were made up so differently. So to create teams, there must be that communication strategy and leadership must define it, be intentional about it and create the culture within that. Like, how are we communicating? He created the culture of it's okay to fight and not talk it out and that. Then there's the other ones that say, you know, when there's a disagreement, that's okay. Have the disagreement, but we're in this together, right? Our culture, because we've defined our culture, which then serves as the foundation for having disagreements. If you have a culture that is not bonded and and aligned in, you know, uh, radical openness and uh, vulnerability or whatnot, then you're going to have breakdowns constantly. So the greatest of teams have strategy, have leadership that's intentional. Um, They've created, my opinion, hiring systems that their leadership, I always say that leadership invests in in their future employees by investing in their current and I mean by that awesome. is that yeah. the current employees that they have right now, and not just, and also outside of, of recruiting, but none of their none of the people that are actually recruiting and hiring for them are recruiters. Do you have an internal recruiter inside, like that works hundred percent just for you? No. Right. So one hundred percent of your decision makers are non-recruiters. So that's the majority of companies, right? Yes. You have some expertise and people have the assumptions and whatnot.
0: Small, so, smaller companies under 50 employees, right?
1: Um, well, I'm usually, I can go higher than that. Um,
0: but but I if, use, somebody who might have an internal recruiter.
1: I could do that as well. And this is the thing about having the internal recruiter is that one thing that I might partner with them, well, I am an open partner in that way. It's more of, I would do hiring manager training while they would continue to recruit. And then I would partner with them to ensure that what their beliefs and systems are is what my beliefs and systems are aligned with leadership so that we're creating the most efficient and aligned partnership. But that's the biggest thing is the organizations that I, I, people think I'm crazy because I'll work, I'll partner with a one person, two person show. People are like, Oh, they don't have enough money. That's crazy. And I said, I'm not in this for hiring. I'm in this for everyone to get their lives. Right. That's why I do what I do. And because I watched companies in Silicon Valley not caring about I ha- I have this thing that I say human resources. I the reason I quit in 2014 because the game of human resources we were not being humans or human centric to each other and we sure as heck weren't being resources. And I, I said, I can't work in this industry anymore. I can't do it. We must be and even if you're not a recruiter, you're still HR because you're being a human centric resource for the people that already work for you and the people that um, are coming in. So investing in, in training and developing your current people, creating the hiring operating system. So they don't hate hiring because they don't really want to do it outside their job or, you know, make it fun. If you make it repeatable, they'll want to be a part of it. And then the A player comes in. They're like, "Whoa!" cause I, I tell you 90% of, of small businesses and startups fail every year. And the biggest blind spot is the dysfunction of people um, because they have wrong matches and then there might have different leadership and whatnot. It's a profit bleed that they don't know where it comes from, but it's the biggest profit bleed. So wow. yeah, it's wow. a, it's a big one, which is why I stepped away and I created a pendulum. Yeah. I, I just said, I, I've Thank seen for, it. I've seen it done.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hope everybody who's uh, watching and or listening to this is taking copious notes. And if not, the good news with technology, you can stop, go back, <laughs> yeah. watch it and listen again and take more notes. Because, I mean, the gold nuggets, I, I'm just, you know, on the edge of my chair listening to Elena. Thank you so much as we wrap this up today. And we'll talk about a freebie in just a second. Yeah. But um leadership. It starts with leadership, but we have to be authentic. And, and bigger than that, one of my big ahas in listening to you, I'm going to go back and revisit my own communication skills because it's so vitally important. We might think it, we know how to communicate, but it's not about us, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's all yeah. about them. And we can't assume anything. So how do we find out how they like to communicate? Well, maybe just ask. Yep.
1: Not maybe, 100% <laughs> yes, ask.
0: <laughs> and Absolutely. actually-
1: the, the best part is get them all in a room and ask them all together because then you get to find they, they get to learn about each other,
0: yeah, and, and have those team buildings. And, and we call them team health days, beautiful, where you know beautiful. we just go hang out or we you know rent a closed down bowling alley lane or area, or you yeah. know, go hang out in an event or something like that when we can, uh, yeah. and everything like that. But the other a big takeaway that I just heard you say was not just HR, it's human centric relationships is that what you said or resources? Uh, resources being a resource or right? human centric relationships as well yeah because ultimately at the end of the day we're in the relationship business with our teammates
1: oh 100 well yeah they're they your family they're a lot of times they spend more time than at, there that they do at home and um right. god imagine imagine doing that with people that you don't like or they're not the same culture fit right. or you know or they, yeah. like, hate, or they hate hiring and they secretly resent you as a leader.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I, trust me,
1: I've seen that.
0: Yeah. And, and the greatest leadership thought that I've ever heard so far in my evolution was, would I follow me? Oh, yeah. And, you know, we've got to make sure as leaders that we're continuing to get better every single day because the day we stop learning is the day we stop growing. And the day we stop growing as a leader is the day that maybe our organization doesn't make the progress that it can. So, yeah. so much uh, so thankful for people like you, uh, Elena Folvio, who's out there working with teams, um, making sure their culture is just right and top notch, and uh, that the leaders have the right mindset because our mindset's our skill set, right? Oh, hundred percent.
1: And, and then the uh, mindset you know, around you—that's how you create the like, like yours is going from. Like we were talking about one day going from here to here, right? Right. You can be going like this, but the rest of your team's down here. You're not, you're you're not going anywhere. So it is about the collective.
0: So tell us a little bit about a freebie as we wrap this up today. Uh, If if you're watching this, uh, the link or portal that it came from has uh, Elena's freebie uh, connected to it. So what do we have for everybody out there who invested time to be with us today? As
1: we were talking, I added one more in there because- uh, I just love giving i swear i just i just love it so i'm gonna offer four things uh three of the same and one different. so wow uh, i'm gonna offer uh three companies uh it doesn't matter two people five people 50 people 100 people uh two hours so three two hours of my time so wow. three different we'll get that um and what we will do is we'll focus on that culture we'll focus on uh the assessment of your hiring operating system inside and looking at future and what you want, all within that. Um, and also looking at leadership and anything else that you want to, to speak about. But we're gonna focus on um, that part. The, the other one that I thought about during this, and I just thought, how fun would it be for someone to really experience, because I have this incredible workshop that turns um, organizations around with their hiring optimization, operating system and uh, leadership and teams and culture and communication strategy. Um, I'm unwilling to give a half of that away. So you have one full day with me, uh, with you plus your hiring, and I say your hiring teams, the hiring managers that you've selected. So anybody that touches your hiring process, I will do a six hour with you. Um, On my whiteboard, we can do a virtual. Uh, We get everyone into one room and I will run through what my secret sauce is in terms of how to turn you guys around like that.
0: Wow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> thank you. You're that was that amazing. You're so, welcome. uh, the first three agencies to respond, uh, get the one to two hour uh, consultation with you, and then uh, the first one to raise their hand who wants to bring their entire team in for a six hour, uh, one day, um, ninja stealth strategy session with the one, yeah. the only, uh, global leader, uh, Elena Fulvia. Wow, <laughs> that is an amazing very kind offer thank you so much i mean you know living is giving and you just did it to the the nth degree thank you so much yeah it's
1: my it's my honor to give it's my honor sometimes like you know you i wonder why i i was the lucky one to receive the information and the knowledge and strategies that i have Mm -hmm. uh but it's my honor to be able to give it out and watch lives transform so um so yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, and no, it's, no. it's through you too. You know, you're amazing and what you do, and your service first, and people first, and uh, I I honor you as well. Thank you so much.
0: Well, no, thank you. The honors all mine, and, my, and the gratitude from my heart right now is just overflowing, with your generosity of time, uh, you know, leadership thoughts, global leadership thoughts, uh, and strategies that you've learned in the trenches so far. And uh the sky is the absolute limit for all of us. So yeah. Elena Fulvio, thank you so much. You are absolutely unstoppable without <laughs> question. Thank <laughs> you so very much for being part of the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. This is Mike Stromso I'm coming to you live from the Living Agency Laboratory. Thank you, Elena. Go out there and continue being unstoppable. Please Definitely. make uh, continue making a difference for companies uh everywhere out there. Uh this is Mike Stromso. I will talk to you next time on the next episode. Elena, have a great day.
1: Bye, you too. Goodbye, right. everyone. To Bye. Thank you for listening. If you would like to listen to more episodes or share this podcast with someone you care about, please visit www.unstoppableprofitpodcast.com. Now go out and make a difference. Be unstoppable and leave no regrets.